Hi guys, how are you guys doing? That's loud. <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight? Good, good. We're not feeling like the rain, kind of like, bleh, no, like, even with the rain, even with like the weather, we are feeling good. Yes? So, my name is Maida. I serve here in the students here at Flowing Wells, and I also serve with the students campus, Students Connect at the Santa Cruz campus. Where's my Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, hey! <laughs> So um, I've been serving for uh, like a year, two years already, but I'm so very grateful for this opportunity that I've gotten to speak again. I was able to speak one time last year, and I'm so grateful to do it again. So thank you to our pastors for giving me that. But I just want to pray in before we start. So if you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, we just give you thanks for tonight. We give you thanks for this moment that you have given us, and we just pray that you move through tonight, Lord, and that you just do something, that you move when the worship is playing, with the altar, and with this message, Lord. Let it sit in our hearts even afterwards. Amen. 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 Where are my note takers? Yes? Yes? Yes! Who brought their Bibles today? Wave them up. Wave them up. Nice. I feel like we're getting more and more every Wednesday. That's good. That's good. But so today what we're going to be kind of covering is when Peter walks on water. So it's going to be in Matthew 14, verse 25 to 33. I'll wait. Give you guys a minute. I feel like if you don't have the little tabs on like the side of your Bible, you're just going to be like, where's it again? Where's it again? Okay. If you're here, say you're here. Good. Okay. That sounded like half of you. <laughs> okay, so this story takes place after Jesus feeds the multitudes of people with a tiny bit amount of food, and he multiplies it, and he gives it to a bunch more people, right? So he sends away the crowds, and he sends away the disciples onto a boat so they can start making their way to the next place, right? So while Jesus sends them away, he goes up to a mountain for a a moment in prayer for himself. That's something Jesus always did, and I feel like he's such a great example of, of prayer. Like, if you were to think, who is the best example? Who, who should I pray like? It should be Jesus. Jesus prayed before and after. Every time he did a miracle, he went and he prayed about it. He went and he had a moment by himself where not even the disciples were with him to pray. That, that tells you something. If he did it, we should too. But, so we're going to start in verse 25. And this says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. It's kind of simple. But before I go more into the story, I want to give you guys a little bit, no, I'm, I'm not going to say context, but more information. This story is also told in the book of John and in Mark. But in Mark, there's one sentence, because I started comparing the versions, and I'm like, what else is there in the story that maybe isn't said only in Matthew? It says that there's a moment, so there's a moment in another, in Mark, where it's described like this. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. So that's when he starts walking over and they're like, oh, because like they're in the middle of a storm and the waves are like completely against them. Does that sound like life? Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine like Jesus walks in and he's like, what are you, you're, you're struggling over there with biology, like... <laughs> Like, we, sh we strain ourselves, and we're, like, working, because sometimes we feel like God's not there, and we're just like, we're going to do this then. we got to take care of this. So they're straining themselves, and their minds are probably, they're, like, terrified, and they're like, we're probably going to die. Like, we're in the middle of the ocean here. Like, what's going on? So verse 26, 
he starts walking over, right? And it says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Imagine thinking God is a ghost. Like, just like, like that's Casper right there. Like, <laughs> I feel like so many times we're like so focused on one thing and we're focused on like, am I going to pass this test? And like, am I going well with this friend that I have? Is, am I serving enough at church? And then when Jesus calls you and he's like, hey, don't worry. It's like, who's talking to me? Like, you don't recognize God because you're so focused on like silly things. Silly things. Things that you could have prayed about, probably. Mm. <laughs> like, I feel like only the leader said yes. Everyone's like, mm-hmm, sure. But they were, so, they were so terrified by all of the waves. And when they saw Jesus, they cried out in fear because they did not recognize him. Imagine being the disciples. Not only thinking about, like, this happens in my life and all that, but imagine being the disciples. You've been following Jesus. You've seen him do all of these things. And, like, you're in the middle of the water, and you're not thinking it's, like, God's going to be, like, he's going to be here. He's going he's gonna to help us. No, you're just worried about the storm. And then when Jesus shows up, you don't know who he is, even though you've been following him for, like, a days straight already. And you're terrified of him because you don't know who it is. How many times do we push him away to the point where we don't know who he is? Where we're just like, I can't tell and I don't want to tell, so I'm just going to be scared about who's talking to me. And sometimes I feel like we know, like, deep down that it is Jesus. But we're just like, well, I haven't heard his voice in, like, a while because I've, I've been, like, zoning it out. So, like, and then you just, you don't want to hear it. But we get so focused on the wrong things and try to figure it out for ourselves and we lose sight of what is really important. So for my note takers, I'm gonna give you guys point one and it is, if we let the storm take control, it will. I'm gonna word this differently. If we let the enemy scare us with the things of our storms, best believe that he will. He will take even the slightest chance to scare you. He will take the smallest wave, like those that like wash up on the shore, he will use those to scare you if you let him. And pushing away God's voice, you are opening that door. Verse 28 says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I just want to say this before we go even farther. We are so much like the disciples especially Peter, and I'll, I'll point it, I'll come back to this point later on, but here it's like, it has to be real to me, like, God tells you, go pray for this person, let's make sure it feels okay with me first, before, let's, let's make sure I feel okay with that, let's make sure I feel comfortable sharing this at school before I do it, so Peter says, Lord, if it is you, so he's kind of like, like, prove it, like, I don't believe you, like, prove it. And, like, we do it so many times. And I feel like there's a difference with challenging God and asking for confirmation. So in this, in this, this part, I feel like it's both. I feel like Peter is kind of saying it like, I, I don't know if I trust you. But then he's also like, 
how, how can I trust you then? Like, how do I know if I can trust you? And then he's like, well, can you do this then? And maybe, for, maybe in this, it's like a bad example, but sometimes like in our lives, we're like, well, God, if you actually want me to go pray for this person, can you like, can like you show me a yellow car? <laughs> or like, can you show me like a, like something that like you probably wouldn't find super, can you show me a taxi in Tucson? Like, <laughs> like, but, <laughs> but we need to make sure that they seem real to us, right? Before we, we keep going, before we take a step of faith, like, is it okay with me? Mm. Verse 29 says, well, Jesus said, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. He did it. He, he didn't, wait. like, I'm guessing if this would have been, like, modern, and show me a taxi. Okay, there's a taxi. Like, there you go. And, like, Jesus went, 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 with, went with it. And he, sh- he told him to come with him onto the water, and Peter did. And Peter's, Peter's walking on the water. He's taking a few steps. So at this point, he's already on the water. He's on top of the surface, and he's not sinking. And then it says, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Then cried out, Lord, save me. Peter was already on the water. Like, it it wasn't like, he wasn't like tipping his toe in, like, is it going to work? He was already doing it. So many of us are like, we have a calling from God, and you're already like halfway in, and you're just like, wait, should I be doing this? Is it God? And I feel like so many times we, like, we put that in ourselves. Like, we let that idea come in. It's like, wait a minute. And we start doubting it, and that makes us lose focus. When, uh, for 21 days of prayer, I was doing really well. I did all of my fasting. And then I was doing good. I felt good about it. And then I was praying about certain things, about my relationship with God, everything, like to the people I was surrounded with, to my school, everything. And I felt so good. Even though I wasn't like eating every single part of the day, like I couldn't eat everything I wanted, I felt good, right? How many of you guys felt good? 21 days of prayer, yeah? And I got out of 21 days of prayer, months pass, and I feel like we like to think of 21 days of prayer as kind of like an adrenaline rush, where it's just like in that moment, you're like, I'm doing so good. And then like a month passes, you're like, well, I'm not doing it anymore, so like, whatever. I feel, it took me like a few months, like it was like two, three months probably, like towards April, I started to lose focus. And I had been standing on the waves already. I was doing the thing that God wanted me to do. I was already in it. I had taken a few steps and then I let the enemy distract me. I let him just like give, give me doubts of like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And so many of us do that, especially I feel like for seniors that are going to go into college, it's like, am I doing this? Even though you're already accepted, you've already gotten into the college and everything, and you're just like doubting it because you're letting the enemy put that thought in your head. And Peter did. Peter let the waves scare him, and he was already there, and he started doubting. I can imagine that he's probably there, and he's thinking, what am I doing? This isn't possible. Like, I shouldn't be able to walk on water. Like, this isn't real. Like, he starts doubting all of this, and he stopped believing that God was bigger than what he was in. 
because he was standing in the middle of a storm and the boat was probably moving and they probably couldn't control it at all. And he was standing in the middle of a storm and he starts thinking, this shouldn't be possible. Now, this isn't possible because it was. He was doing it. But he started thinking, this should be impossible. And that takes us to point two. When we take our focus off of Jesus, the possible looks impossible. The things that God can do start to look like things he shouldn't be able to do. Things that like, that doesn't make sense to me in my head. So, that no, it's not real. But it wasn't until Peter cried out to Jesus that he was able to refocus. For me, that took me another month after me losing my focus to be able to cry out. To be able to go sit with my mom at a kitchen table at like 12 a.m. and say, hey, I feel like I lost my focus. And to be able to go back into my room at one in the morning and cry out to God. But Peter, Peter cried out. And I feel like there's so many of you in this room that are drowning, just like Peter did. He started drowning, and he, he fell. And I, can you add the verse up where he falls into the water? So I'm going to read this, and it says, But when he saw the wind, again, he fell. And he said, Lord, save me, right? So many of you guys started doubting. You guys were already in it, and you fell. And, and I feel like I see this a lot, especially in guys and especially girls that want to be, like, independent. It's like, I can't ask for help. That's, that's embarrassing. Or maybe you, were, you grew up thinking that. Maybe the people that modeled it to you always told you, you can't ask for help. That's not, a, that's not good. Jesus is the last person that is going to shame you when asking for help. For all of you that are, like, that you guys are drowning, if you don't cry out, Jesus, like, it's like you're not letting him pull you out. Like, it's like if you have your hands underwater and you're just like, and Jesus is like, can you give me your hand? And he's just like, but if you cry out, it's you're putting your hand up for Jesus to pull you out. I'm going to read this verse to you guys. It's not of the passage, but I'm just going to add it. I don't know if we have it for, for the screens, but I'm just going to give it to you. It's 2 Corinthians 5-7. And it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. If Peter in that moment would have done that, and he would have stayed by faith, he would have kept walking and gotten to Jesus. But he started living by sight, and he fell. We do that so much, all the time. It's just like, this is impossible. And it's like, it doesn't look possible, so, and then you drown. And you start falling. And I'm going to go to point three that I was kind of sharing right now, and it's, crying out will pull you to safety. Reaching out your hand is what will enable God to be able to help you. It's like people say, like, Jesus is a gentleman. He will be knocking at your door. He'll just be like, can I come in? Are you ready yet? And like, until you open that door, God won't go in. He's going to wait until you let him in. So if you're underwater and you have your hands like this, 
Nothing's forcing them like that, but you're putting them like this. God won't be able to just like find that I'm just gonna like he won't just like grab you by like the hair and just like oh get out then. Like you need to help him help you. You need to cry out. Like if you're in a pool and you're drowning and you don't splash around and ask the secu- the lifeguard for help, he won't know to go help you. He won't be able to go help you, right? Crying out is what will pull you to safety. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, you little of faith. Imagine, imagine that. Like, you're standing on water now. You're like with Jesus again. He's like, you of little faith. Like, he's calling you out right there. Like, you were there. Like, you were on water. What happened? Like, I can imagine Jesus just like, dude, seriously, like, come on. <laughs> like, I calmed the, the little waves that were going on your feet, and like, you were standing on water. What happened? And you're just like, well, the bird flew by, and I got distracted. Like, I lost my focus. I let something so little take my focus away from you. Like, imagine telling him that, like, I, like I got distracted. I lost my focus. I let my focus go away. But he says, why did you doubt? In verse 31. Why did you doubt? Immediately as Peter cried out, Jesus pulled him out. And he didn't just say like, okay, we're good again. He, he asked him, he's like, why did you doubt? What happened? You were, you were in it. What happened? If you, like, Jesus called, if Jesus called you to walk on the water, you're there. You're already walking to the person that you were going to pray to, pray over. Like, you're, like, right here. And they're just like, oh, should I? And, like, the person is probably like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, like, about to touch me? And, then like, you're just, like, walk away. Like, imagine, like, think of it like that. Imagine how awkward that would be for both of you, right? Like, it's just like, what are you? what are you doing? And like someone else sees it from the back is like, was that like an instant just like prayer? Like, that's it? Like, like an air five kind of thing? Like, but if you have taken the several steps, I can imagine God just saying, why did you doubt? Like, I, I did it for you already. You're, you were basically not even in the storm at that one be- point because you were over it, just like me, you were bigger than it in that moment. Because the storm couldn't drown you. The water wasn't pushing you to the sides. You were bigger than the storm for that moment that you were with Jesus. But why did you doubt? And I ask you guys that, because like, I've asked myself that, because like, why, why did I let something so simple take my focus off of what God was doing? Because going back to the example of praying for someone, why did I get scared of being embarrassed? Because now that person didn't receive the prayer from that they needed in that moment. And maybe a few days later, Jesus used someone else for it. But maybe they needed it as right when Jesus asked you to do it. Ask yourselves that. Why did I do it? Because how many of you have ever been in that moment where you just like, you doubted and you didn't do something? Whether it was like in sports and it's like, should I like 
try out for track, for basketball, and it's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You could have been like the best basketball player. Sure, sure, but like we'll go with it. <laughs> but how many times? Who hasn't that? Raise your hand. Yeah, I feel like everyone should be doing that right now. I feel like even if like you're going to like go grab something, it's like, no, oh, should I do it? It's like, what? Why am I doubting it? Like, why am I doubting going and writing a song, going and, write, and running for a track, whatever it is? What makes you doubt? And why are you letting yourself doubt? So many of us continue to let doubts go in front of what God has for us. It makes, it makes us lose our focus and lose our track. Because Peter could have been walking, and the moment that he falls, like, now he's not on the line that he was, now he's like over here because he fell. Right? Because now he's kind of lost his track, and he's going to have to find his way back on his path to where Jesus wanted him. And Jesus wanted him to be like, to be like right in front of him, right? But as I mentioned earlier, we're a lot more similar to Peter than we would think. We not only let ourselves be distracted, but we distract ourselves. We're like, I kind of have like this prophecy on my heart for like my friend, but like Netflix is looking so good right now. Like, like we do it to ourselves. Like we let ourselves 